We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, everybody? We are back sitting courtside on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined as always on the courtside here by my good friend Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, what is going on as we're sitting here waiting for the WNBA season to tip off? Uh, it's getting hot, right? I mean, <laughs> hot like in the metaphorical sense of like there's basketball <laughs> upcoming, but it's also like literally hot here in D.C. We went from just we there was no like spring like, oh, it's so nice out. Like we just went from really cold to hot. Now, yeah, like summer. Yes. It's no spring. Yeah, it skips spring. They I skip like it <laughs> to the to the hot girl summer that Here is twenty twenty one or the uh, shot girl summer. That's what everyone's saying now. Oh, the shot oh, girl I like that. Yeah, let's look go. at you. You sound like you're up on the ticky talks. <laughs> ticky talks, and that's shots like vaccines and buckets. So there we go. <laughs> I saw I saw someone else say that. I forget who it was. It might have been Tiana Hawkins. She seems like she would say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so with with training camp getting underway, it seems like yeah, I mean, we've talked about how there's just not enough roster spots in this league. Yeah. Um a ton. And we will continue to talk about it. But I think for now we kind of just focus on who's gonna make these these limited roster spots. Um so Richard Cohen actually wrote about this on the Her Hoop Stats Substack newsletter, which you can uh subscribe to herhoopstats.substack.com. Um but he was writing about yeah, I got that plug in. Uh, he was writing about pretty much every team's um, situation heading into training camp. It's really good, really detailed. Uh, Richard does a great job. So he highlighted a few teams here, uh, and we could start the Dallas Wings because we kind of yeah. knew this coming in was going to be a really, really tough training camp. Um, mm-hmm. And Richard seems to think the last roster spot's going to come down to Marina Mabry and Dana Evans. 
with okay. Megan Gustafson also being left off this roster. Uh, do you, what do you think about, it, it seems like, you know, Mabry, Harris, Jefferson, though the Jefferson has a lot of guaranteed money. It's less likely she's going anywhere. Gustafson mm-hmm. and perhaps Bella Allery, but also a top five pick are vying for about one spot here. I know that's tough. First of all, uh, you know, that I, I do not envy having to choose between all of those great players. And again, it's just, uh, you know, a, a travesty at the moment not to have enough teams to accommodate these great players. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's just tough. But I hope, you know, it will continue to evolve to that point where there are several teams to be able to, to hold these players. But I mean, in Dallas, they were super young. They were the youngest team next to New York last year in the league. Mm-hmm. So you want to kind of keep that youthfulness. You want to keep that exuberance. And um, you also want to add some experience. I mean, Enrique Gumbawale, I mean, she's going into her third season. And so she's, you know, one of those players that the league is using as a building block. But at the same time, you know, you have Satu Sabli, you have all these great young kids and it's, it's hard not to, want to throw a Dana Evans in there. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong for that? Am I wrong for wanting that to be a Dana Evans spot? I know she was the 13th pick. She was disappointed not going in the first round out of Louisville, but I, I mean, and I love all the other names, but man, I want to see Dana Evans crack the code and, and earn that roster spot in Dallas. So I've, I've talked about this on uh, locked on Richard talked about this in his article it just is not, I don't think it's going to work out in Dallas this year because Ty Harris had a good year. So, and, and you've already invested a first round pick in her. She understands the system and she showed you something. So, right. I'm not, I don't think she's going anywhere. Mariah Jefferson has, um, I think, 175,000, 180,000 protected guaranteed money coming at her in the next few years. So, right. for that reason, you can't really cut her because then you won't have enough, you won't have enough money to really uh, be able to do much going yeah. forward. Yeah. Then you have Marina Mabry, who uh, uh, in L.A. had a one year that was kind of up and down. Last year came in, was the most successful option at point guard, and is also Enrique Gumbawale's best friend. So that's why I just don't think it's going to ha- happen in, in uh, Dallas for Dana Evans. Um, but she seems, and, and tell, me, tell me if you agree, she seems like someone who's going to get picked up this year. I agree. I just think she has to be in the league. I mean, this is a kid. I mean, I, I could not really tell what her tears were about on draft night, whether it was a disappointment of not going the first round or the gratefulness of being drafted. Mm-hmm. So, or maybe it was a little bit of both of those, but I think she just, she's the worker. I mean, she's not a kid who's going to sit and wait for something to be handed to her. She's going out to get it. She's going to earn it. She's going to put the extra work in without complaining that it's hard. Like she wants the challenge of the WNBA. And I think a lot of people can say that about, so it's not just Dana Evans, but I think the way she is built mentally, I I think that would be so tough for her not to crack a roster, whether that's in Dallas or anywhere in the league on the other 11 teams. But I, I just think that she has, she has done the work. She's, she was one of the top players in the country last year. And it's it's just supposed to work out that way. I just hate to say yeah. that, but and and maybe the numbers aren't um, in her favor there in Dallas in terms of the salary numbers or the roster numbers or the fit 
terms of position that she plays. But man, I know, you know, they just hired also down there, um, Tim Giddens, right? He was mm-hmm. um, the M1 mixtape superstar. He was called Headache. You remember? Oh, that? I remember Headache. Yeah. yeah. So he's down there. Oh, wow. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to give those extra moves to a Wale, Wale, <laughs> the, the, the double Iverson move, you know, uh, breaking people down, dropping people to the ground and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, they have the, obviously the right uh, people there in terms of players, now staff as well um, to, to bolster what, what they did last year, which is they almost made the playoffs, you know, and to have that young team and they had injuries like crazy in the middle of the year last year. I don't know. Boiling it down. I, I think, I mean, I want Dana Evans to make it. Will she, from what you said now, consider <laughs> that. I, I don't know if she will stick there, but where else would she go? If she doesn't stick in Dallas, what's the next stop for her? If she, if she doesn't make the roster there. Um, perhaps uh, for Evans, she comes to DC. I think she'd be a great fit here. Right. Like this, she, <laughs> I yeah. saw her. And I was like, this is a Mike Tebow style player, tall guard can shoot. Um, she is a little bit, I, I, I wonder if she's too defensive minded because Mike mm-hmm. Tebow like typically likes to take a player who's offensively gifted and make them more defensive minded. Um, yeah. But I think that would work. Right. I mean, like she just seemed to me when I saw, when I saw like when I kind of started doing these number crunching, I was yeah. like, uh, Dana would be a great fit in DC, depending on what happens in their training camp, which we'll, we'll get into. Um, yeah. I think she'd be a great fit with the rest of the squad there. Yeah, I agree. I think she would be a perfect fit. I mean, you know, with, with the absence of a player like Ariel powers who mm-hmm. gave you that extra kick of offense, um, the ability to get to the bucket, but also drain threes. I think, you know, Mike Tebow, obviously, like you said, loves a three point shooter. And her range is phenomenal and, and obviously her size and everything. So I wouldn't be mad at that if she ended up landing in DC. Then there's a couple different spots. There's like Phoenix, potentially Seattle, potentially. So I, I, I'm just kind I'm, I'm a little confident that she'll at least get some playing time this year. Connecticut's another possibility. So I think she'll, if she doesn't, it may be that she's cut and then has to come back at some point this year. Uh, um, yeah. But I think she'll get. I think she'll get another shot, like Megan Gustafson, who was cut, brought back, and signed for the last two seasons, pretty much. Right. Um, I also have her right. getting cut from this camp, though, unfortunately. I don't know. Like, uh, how does she? How does she make it? She has to beat out. It's just really hard because, from a contract perspective, Bella Allery, you have her on team control on a good contract. You've already invested a high round pick on her. Um, and Megan Gustafson, I believe she had she was waived completely. So you don't have that rookie scale contract on her. She's been signing one year contracts. Let me make yeah. sure I'm, I'm right there. Um, uh, but it's just it's really tough. It's really tough because they have so many good bigs now. Uh, oh yeah, Megan signed a sixty. So they they would have team control over here for the this year and next year. Um, okay. But I don't know. To That's me, no guarantee. No guarantee. I mean, if if a queer does not come over this year. Then Gustinson's on this team because they don't really they need the they need a, her as a big. Um, but it seems like Kuyer's coming this year. That's what I was gonna say. Is there a thought or is there some scuttle but about her maybe not coming? Uh, I remember that way back when I was like first looking at her. Someone was like, "Well, she may not come over," but now it looks like she's 
she's completely she's going to. okay yeah. i was gonna say that she's not definitely. here she's not here yet but right. she will be here she's on the way all right so that i you know that solidifies that and that's tough that you know that ah that makes it tough yeah boy well i mean i hope gustison makes it i mean she's a hard worker again i mean you don't get to this point and not be a hard worker. oh no I mean, so, I mean, you could say that about everybody. I mean, everybody's fighting and scrapping four spots. So it's not like you're going to give it to her because, right. you know, she's already been there and she's got to, and that's the, that's the challenge of it, right? You get to the top of the hill, you got to stay up there. Yeah. No, no backsliding. Well, and the, and the thing is, uh, I think this is going to be a year where, like I mentioned with um, Dana Evans, Mm-hmm. There's going to be plenty of players coming back in and out because yeah. we're going to have overseas commitments. Obviously injuries are always going to be, are always going to be in play. Um, you're going to have people coming back from the Olympics and, and you know, you never know how it's quite going to work out. So I'm exactly. guessing this year is going to be a year where we see a lot of these players get cut and then come back in the same year and kind of get an audition like, like Stella Johnson, for example. Right. I mean, and I could, we could go to like better, like Alicia Clark got cut twice and is now, all WNBA defensive team. So sure. there's always a chance you come back, but Stella Johnson's a perfect example of a player who got cut, came back to a different team, made an impression is looking like a piece of the future in DC. Right. And with the mystics not having any picks in the draft this year, I remember at the end of last year, Mike Tebow saying that, you know, Stella Johnson is our pick for next year, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just makes sense. And you could say the same for Shug Sutton and, um, what she was able to do in a short amount of time on the roster last year in the bubble. And so, you know, it is, I mean, it, and it's going to be a lot like last year, I think in that regard, because you're not going to have uh, a lot of time to, to mold the pieces together. And then once you do get the pieces together, you're off for five weeks because mm-hmm. of the Olympic break. And then, you know, I think a lot of changes are going to be made during that pause as well. Yeah, no, it, it is going to be, um, be a weird process, but I'm excited to see where these where where people end up afterwards. Um, yeah. It feels like we've already talked about the Mystics a lot, um, so we might as well just like should talk about them. Um, yeah. Unsurprisingly, we're <laughs> we're not a Mystics podcast per se, but we I mean, definitely, we both cover the Mystics, so you could take that for what you want. Yeah, and we live here. We're DMVers. I mean, yeah, I have a Capitals shirt on now. Um, on. The Capitals are a hockey team for people who don't whose Rocking worlds don't mix <laughs> right hey. all caps all caps out here uh, okay. but for dc so we had the we had the media day for the mystics uh when was that that was monday it doesn't sunday it doesn't matter um the other day the other day uh is lightning speed like it was last year all virtual obviously but what did you what what kind of made your ears perk up um in that media day, did you glean anything that is instructive to where the season is going? A couple things. I mean, I would say there were three things. The one thing was the health of Elena Deladon. Mm-hmm. Second thing, the second thing was the fierceness of Tina Charles and, and what she said uh, yeah. about being here in DC again with Mike T boy, she had uh, started her career there in Connecticut with him as the coach when he was there. And then I think the third thing for me was Natasha cloud um, towards the end of it. And um, what she was saying about the chemistry of the team and um, you know, just how she's going to uh, play with 
Leilani Mitchell, uh, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to coming off the bench, like not her coming off the bench, but Mitchell coming off the bench to spell her at the one. Like, I think we may see them on the court together, which is my question to her, which I, I thought I, I really wanted to get that question in. So I'm glad <laughs> I, I, I barely got that in at the end when she said, Christy has a question. I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yes, I actually do. <laughs> Uh, but that was the one I really wanted um, to ask her because I had asked uh, Coach Tebow that as well. But I think with um, with that call, I mean, just go back to the first thing with Elena Deladon gave. Uh, you were on the call, yeah. and you know, I think I I think my eyebrows went up and I leaned a little forward when they were talking about minutes restriction for Elena Deladon to begin the season and when um, they were talking about how she's not going live yet Mm -hmm. in practice with, they don't have practice players, but they're not doing up and down scrimmaging. And uh, Coach Tebow is is trying to keep them preserved in terms of uh, not having them beat up four days into camp. Um, So that was a concern for me. Was that a concern for you as well? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Cause she would, it's so uh, Elena was basically talking about how, um, she has learning, like relearning how to sit and walk because of the back injury. Um, and that's not like, that's what you do in physical therapy. So maybe I'm blowing it up a little bit in my head, but it was just concerning to, to hear um, yeah. that still it's, it's, we're not, she's not feeling close. She's feeling close to hundred percent, but not yeah. there yet. And this injury happened at the end of the 2019 season. So, you know, it feels like, I, you know, one of the things I thought of was like, well, would she have missed last year kind of regardless? Anyway, uh, right. Um, she did have to stop. And one of the mitigating factors here and the thing that has calmed me down a little bit, uh, just as a fan who wants to see her play, is, um, you know, her rehab was completely interrupted in uh, COVID because of her Lyme sure. disease makes her particularly yeah. susceptible. So she had to completely shut down rehab. Um, right. Pretty much period for a period of months there. I think she got it back going during the season. Um, but it's so it hasn't been quite as long of a rehab time. And those herniated discs, that kind of surgery is just ridiculously hard to come back from. Yeah. Um, and we all know how tough she is and how, how much she'll put her body on the line. But there's mm-hmm. only a certain. Yeah, I think if this was the finals, if we were talking about the finals right now, uh, she's playing easily. But she's. I'm just, it's just, I'm concerned about, uh, about the tone of it. Cause everyone was very cautious um, as they should be. Cause she's a superstar of the franchise, no, but no. they're very cautious about her and it's been a year. And I'm just a little concerned as to how much she's going to play at the beginning. That being said, this team is still in a good space. If they have to go without EDD for a little bit at the beginning of the season, I think. Right. No, I agree with that. And I know Mike Tebow said, you know, they have two exhibition games. Um, They're playing, I believe it's Atlanta at home on the fifth. And Mm -hmm. then they're going to Minnesota after that um, to play them before the regular season begins. But I don't think she's going to see any time in those games from what we learned in the uh, media day press conference. But I mean, I think that's wise. But I think another thing about um, Elena Deladon that stuck out to me as well was, her answer to the question about the Olympics. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously she was on the 2016 team. That was her first time to go. And she was on track to be on the 2020 team, obviously paused because of COVID. And then now uh, it's coming up again this summer, the 2021 Olympic games. And, you know, the fact that she said, if they want me, I will certainly 
be there for that. And I'm like, if they, when she said, if they want me, and I'm like, I, I think that, you know, with, with that injury and, she, and like you said, she's learning how to sit again, how to walk and make sure that she's landing the right way. Like she's trying to teach her, her mind, mm-hmm. how to protect her back a little bit better and, and keep that, um, I guess the, the PT that she's going through every day, I guess, um, just keeping that in mind when she's, when she's working out. But I think, how could you not want uh, a <laughs> Don? but I just thought she, I like think said, they she's, she's so humble, you know, yeah. and, and that's what I'm getting at. Like she was so humble and saying, if they want me, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, of course they want you. But I think, you know, she also has to be wise physically. And I think she said that over and over. She just said, I just have to be really smart. And uh, if you know me, you know that I will play through a, a ton of pain. And, you know, we saw her playing Gabe with a mask over her face because of her broken nose. She had a, a brace on her knee because she had the bone bruise in mm-hmm. her knee. And then we thought, okay, she has a herniated disc, which is insane. But then learned after the championship game, she had three of them. And she had, uh, and she's playing and running, jumping, and still had a double double in that game. I think, mm-hmm. or twenty and nine. That's a double double. I don't care when you have three hundred <laughs> and you miss it by one. Hey, listen, that's a double double in my book. But you know, just to, you know, the humbleness of Elena Deladon is also what stood out to me. Like yeah. you know, we know that she's always going to give her all, uh, but we we also know that that she has taken this time you know, uh, being off last season, but she has taken this time, not only retraining her body to protect, you know, the repaired back that she has now, but I think she's also taken the time to mature in a way where she knows that she has to preserve her body and not go full blast. And like Tebow said, Mm -hmm. be beat up four or five days into camp, be beat up and then not be able to sustain it. So she said she wants to be playing the right way at the right time. So it's an acceleration, right? And it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, I believe is what she said. And, and that's what we have to understand about her. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely here for it. Whatever the minutes restriction is, uh, once the season begins, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, as long as she's okay, I'm good. She had 21 and nine in the champion in the game. 21 and nine. Yeah. I knew it. I thought it was 20 and nine. Look at you, Gabe. Get it. I, yeah. I, found I knew it was. I knew she had nine boards, though. I knew she just missed it. <laughs> I found it on herhoopstats.com, which you guys can subscribe to. It's a great website. Um, man, Christy Tolliver had five turnovers in that game. I love Christy so much. Yeah. Um, she's a killer. She's just the most fun player. Uh, she's in LA. Um, we, yeah. I haven't talked about Christy. I'm so excited to watch her play basketball. But it, back to her, the EDD, another player I'm really excited to watch play basketball. It's the right approach. Certainly the right approach. Um, certainly the right thing to do. Uh, I just hope, you know, we're not we're not in a situation where we're kind of seeing this being a lingering thing throughout her career, you know. Um, yeah. That's the scary thing. Big, yeah. bigs. Bigs, I guess the Landell Don's a big. If your back or your feet kind of go, that's <laughs> that's that's a bad sign. But I think right. she the other thing that's really gonna help her. I was thinking about this as you're as you're talking about her. She's gonna be in a little mm. bit different position because when she left this team in 2019 after the championship, she was staunchly their four, right? Like they're look, they're starting line. Yeah. And this year, had Alicia Clark been healthy, she would again probably would have slotted into that four position for the most part. 
without mm-hmm. Alicia Clark, depending on what the on what uh, Coach Tebow wants to do, and it's going to be it'd be a weird thing for him to go this route. But they could go really big with a, a front court of Edd Heinz Allen and Tina Charles. You're going to get burned a little bit on the perimeter with Edd on on the three, or you could put you, you can you can figure out a way to get less bumps on Edd. Is what I'm saying in this year's roster rather than in 2019's roster. And I think that should help keep her ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I I agree with that. And, you know, they also have Teresa Plaisance, who Mm -hmm. is another player with some size, but she can also stretch the floor, but she can play more inside than outside um, to spell some uh, physicality on Elena Deladon on the interior. But Tina Charles in there boarding and, I just think they have um, some great pieces. And like Natasha Cloud said, like, you know, nobody's really talking about us right now, you know, and that's okay. Oh, that's that's <laughs> malarkey, though. That's just not true. Every team. You don't think? No. No, of course, everyone's okay. talking about the Mystics. They're, they were third in my power ranking. I know, but I think they're, I think she was saying because of Clark's injury and then Misa men, we don't know. Uh, She's yeah. back after the Olympics <laughs> and everybody's like, well, we take the foot off the gas for the Mystics right now. And I think, you know, she thrives on underdog anyway. Uh, that's, she, will, she will tell you that. Um, and we have seen that, you know, and yeah. she guaranteed the championship in 2019 and, and got the bag. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's give her credit uh, for that. But I just think that, um, you know, for her to kind of, you know, say, oh, nobody's talking about us. You, you thought that was a, a smoke screen? Yes, it's always it always is. <laughs> every team in the league, it's every every training camp, every sport, no matter what. They're, they No one's talking about us. No one thinks we can win. Every team, yeah. the Aces, That's I'm true. sure, are saying this, too. All oh, our uh, our defense is our identity. That's a, that's a big one. Defense is our right. identity. Everyone says defense is our identity in training camp, except for Tebow, Coach Tebow, which I appreciate. Um, <laughs> what's the other thing? Oh, everyone's lost weight. Everyone's lost like ten yeah. pounds in the best shape of their lives. It, although Teresa Plaisance, she actually did lose thirty, I think thirty to forty she pounds. Forty pounds. Yeah. I you know, and I remember her at LSU. You know, I covered her in college when she was there, and I you know when she said. And of course, we're on the Zoom, so we're not there physically yeah. watching at this media day the other day. But she said, you know, I, I, I really got myself in great shape. You know, she had surgery as well. Mm-hmm. You know, she had that back issue last year where she wasn't 100 percent, but she's fine now, obviously, and um, said she lost 40 pounds. I'm like, well, hello. And yeah. then she said her mom, Doobie, who was a, a coach, she said that um she played AAU with Kim Mulkey, who just got the LSU really? job. And, and, you know, and, you know, yeah. play song, played at LSU. So I just thought that was a little interesting. That was another thing. That was like a little sidebar to, uh, to all the other three things that, that kind of raised my eyebrows. But I thought that was kind of neat, you know, to have, you know, her mom be that, that presence for her as a coach and a mom. But then, you know, she said she also saw the dynamic between Mike Tebow and his son, Eric. And Eric is the associate head coach. And she said, you know, just seeing them working together reminds me a lot of my mom, you know, Um, you know, with that coaching dynamic. So I just thought that was kind of cool, too. But for her to be in great shape, I mean, she's going to be able to be on the court longer. She's healthy. She has her back intact now. And to drop that much weight, I mean, it must be freeing to, like, touch that sideline and and go and sprint, do the sprints and, you know, do all the things and the drills and just feel so much, obviously, lighter on your feet. She she said that she used to only be able to jump over 
a playing card and now that she can she can jump over a credit card now so yeah. nice nice thick metal credit card she can jump that over was- she was like my vertical was up by 300 i can jump over a credit card i'm really excited I, i'm really excited i have to read this placements here uh and yeah. erica mccall who i was she on yeah. where what i mean i think she might be coming late i didn't see there were three of them, I believe, that were still overseas. I know that Maisha Hines Allen won a championship yeah. in France, but I'm not yeah. sure when her return is. Um, and she'll probably get some time after that to decompress. Yeah. And I think that's what Mike Tebow said, too. There are like three different tiers of players. It's like, you know, the, the players that they picked up because they didn't have um, any picks in the draft, as we said. But mm-hmm. they have the players who are still competing overseas, like Maisha Hines Allen, for instance. And, you know, they've been playing hard. So their bodies are a little bit beat up from their overseas um, seasons. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you've got the players who are, you know, easing back into things. And then you have these new players coming in trying to earn a spot. So there are like three different levels to it, you know, for him. But I thought that was pretty interesting. And, and him trying to, as a coach, find that happy medium for all three phases of players who are coming in. You know, you don't want to put Maisha Hines Allen just finished yesterday in France. Okay, she's going to fly home and then go a two a day, Maisha. And, you know, no downtime for your body. And it's just not smart. So I think he has to gauge that for every player individually. And I think that's just fair. I mean, you don't want to do that to players, you know, especially the ones who are um, just getting back from overseas commitments. Yeah, no, I I think they're going to take it easy. The, the mystics seem to be uh, heading more towards a chill season. <laughs> like we don't need the one seed type of season. Like eh, everyone else can go get the one seed. We'll figure it out at the end right. yeah. um, as if they can get healthy. Uh, we'll, we'll, I, I, we'll talk a lot more about the mystics. Cause I do want to talk about like Natasha cloud and Tina Charles, but I do want to talk about other teams too. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about, um, I'll give you a choice. This is a choose your own adventure. Uh, let's do Chicago or Atlanta. Choose Man, your adventure. I'm, I'm choosing Atlanta okay. as, as my adventure of choice, because number one, they're, they're playing the mystics next week, even though we're flipping the page. <laughs> from the mystics. It's a perfect flip. It's right there. there <laughs> I uh, love it. So the Atlanta situation. Uh, they can they can go with the either eleven or twelve. It depends on if they keep Shatori Walker Campro or not, uh, which would be a really tough cut because they cut, man. they brought her in. I believe I don't know if Phoenix cut her. Or she was just a free agent. I forget exactly where her situation was, but they just brought her in. Yeah, um, and she. But they have so many guards. You know, Kennedy mm-hmm. Carter, Ari McDonald, who's their draft pick, Courtney Williams, Odyssey Sims are all there. Tiffany Hayes is a two at times. She's playing the three on this team. Shakina Strickland's around. So you have a lot, you have a lot of um, backcourt players, perimeter players. And, you know, by, if they let Shatori go, they would be able to keep someone else. uh, Perhaps Lindsay Pullman from uh, Northwestern. Right. Or, and then they could also keep Monique Billings and their whole backcourt as well. So it, it, I know that's a tough choice, and and um, Richard wrote about this a little bit more than I was just mm-hmm. uh, that I could give in that little spiel. But 
it see like when you have a camp like this where there's so many people battling for the same position. Yeah. What do you think are like your differentiating factors as to who you're gonna pick? Oh man, I, I think it comes down to what the overall team needs. And sometimes that's tough because your skill set could be perfect and you've put in the work and you look great in camp. You're in shape, you're you know energetic, you're vocal but your skill set may not be that puzzle piece that's necessary for that team mm-hmm. at the time. And that's the frustrating part. And I know that's hard. So to be a, a coach, I have to select players based on that. I, I think it's, it's really going to come down to what Atlanta needs. And for me, I believe they need to have stability on the interior. And, and that's just my overall take and I know Elizabeth Williams is down there but she can't continue to play every single minute of every single game like there has to be some depth on the interior for Atlanta they have great guards like we know that now with Ari McDonald down there I saw some clips of her in training camp and she looks fantastic and no surprise but Mm -hmm. you know you have Kennedy Carter obviously but I just think that there has to be a strong level of balance and some depth to be able to spell a player like Elizabeth Williams, who is a great key cog for them, no question. But I, I, can she sustain that in terms of playing those big minutes? I, I mean, that's just that's tough on anybody. But it's just they can't get her out of the rotation because they didn't really have that depth in there. So I think they're really in need of more post-play. Well, I mean, they're hoping it's Connie Brown. Um, they've invested in Kalani Brown and they need her to show up. And uh, she, she had um, health issues last year that prevented her from getting down to the bubble in time um, right. to, and then, you know, it had just a rough season. They're hoping uh, Cheyenne Parker is going to soak up some of those center minutes. Tiana Hawkins stays healthy. Uh, Monique Billings is another player that they have there. So I, I'd like their um, front court, but as you're mentioning, they need to keep all of that front court just yeah. for, they have to. They have. They have to keep pretty much all five of those players, um, at least. And then you know, yeah. who knows who's going to come into camp? And maybe you have some center that wows you, right? And you're like, right. well, we, we got to keep them, and we don't want to let Kalani go. So it's like, their their um, their front court is almost set unless someone snags a spot. It's their back court that is up in the end. They all have so many. Yeah. They have so many guards. They, they just have so many players at that position that. It's going to be hard for Walker Kimbrough, Yvonne Turner, who's who has to stay in France later. I think she might be coming over now, um, yeah. or or any of the other players that they brought into camp to get a shot. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I I tend to lean more towards that front court depth because yeah. um, they they've just had they've had a struggle. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just I this team is so weird. Uh, the dream are. I think they're the weirdest team in the league because they just fired the GM. So they just fired uh, the GM, right? Uh, Chris Sanko, who I thought was doing a fine job. So everything is up in the air. Like this is really make it or break it season for Atlanta because mm-hmm. almost all of their team, except for Carter and McDonald and the, and the recent young players are off the books and uh, Parker will be on the books next year, but almost everyone else is off the books next year. So they could just go in a completely different direction next year. If this year doesn't go well. Now, if this year goes well, are you going to stick with that direction? Do you, are you confident enough in this group of people? Because to me, it's just, there's, there's too like, 
if Sims and how are Sims, Williams, Hayes, Carter, McDonald, and Strickland all going to play enough? Oof. That's, that's tough. And then you have a player like Tiana Hawkins who's in and out, you know, yeah. like she's definitely a, a, a post and, and tough on the glass for sure, but she can also knock in threes. So there you have another piece that's a, a tweener in terms of positions. Oh, yeah. And that's a ton of guards to try to rotate through. And Nikki Collin, man, that's, that's going to be a, a tough task to try to, to try to rotate them in and, and get them in for quality minutes. I mean, Carter, she she's going to be on the floor, right? How mm-hmm. is she not going to? How is she not going to be on the floor? First, she's of your all? best player, right? And then Odyssey Sims. I mean, with her experience, how is she not going to be out there? And then you have this firecracker and Ari McDonald who's over there bouncing her legs. She wants to get in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't know what that's going to look like, but it'll be fun. I think that'll be a fun challenge and obviously something to to look for uh, with Atlanta. And, you know, Lindsay Pulliam, I'm glad that she got a chance uh, to be drafted. And although it was late in the draft, she got drafted. And so um, credit to her and uh, Joe McEwen, our coach at Northwestern. uh, You know, he's always had a ton of faith in in her abilities. But I think that's going to be that's going to be tough, I think, for her um, at 5'10 and, you know, playing on that perimeter. I mean, she has a tremendous skill set defensively and offensively. But, it, you know, with all those big numbers on the on the perimeter, that's going to be that's going to be tough to to hang her name on the roster, although I would love to see it. Yeah, but that, that's going to be tough, if, especially if you're going to be trying to bolster the interior play. Well, and by the way, Kayla Davis is also on this roster. First time. Yep. She yep. her she the advanced stats don't like her, but I do. I think she she has a, she should get a shot to to play on the perimeter here for um it's just there's no spots in Atlanta and we're not going to rehash our uh, whole expansion roster expansion uh, talk. We did that on a couple podcasts ago. I don't remember what it episode. Did. It so was we don't great have to re- though, but it's true. You can it's, go back and listen to it. Yeah. So you got, it, it's just, it, it's also like makes me sad because it, it, is, it reminds. It is. Uh, it is frustrating. Let's see where else do we want to go here. So what I, was the other team you had? You had Atlanta or. Uh, we can go to Chicago or Los Angeles. Um, I'm a bit interested in New York, although New York has too many questions to really like. There's just too many people that are not there, or we don't know if they're coming, or, or you know, right. we're not sure. So that, that's a little bit harder to talk about. Um, but yeah, L.A. or Chicago hmm. as, as our last. We'll, we'll say our last team because we're our pretty last. verbose. Yeah, let's. Man, let's go with Chicago and give my girl um, Candace Parker some love for going back home. Huh. <laughs> Just had a birthday recently, turned 35, CP3. And, um, you know, I'm happy for her. I, I, you know, I think it's going to be a great look with Courtney Vandersloot out there wheeling and dealing and, and kicking her the ball. And I think they're going to be um, – you know, one of the quicker teams in the league. They like to to score in a fast way. I think they were. Did they lead the league last year in scoring? Am I wrong on that? Uh, what does her hoop that say, um, Gabe? On that, uh, I'm actually. <laughs> they were the, up there. I'm on the WNBA website. They were fourth in offensive rating. I'll give you the points per game. Yeah, but they were up there in points per game though. Third, third in points per game. Okay. The top. All right. The top two teams are the Aces and the Storm, which makes sense because they're okay. the two best teams all year. And Chicago, yeah. also, if you remember, at the end of last year, 
really struggled down the stretch because injuries. They did. They did. And that's the thing. But before that, they were one of the top two teams in the in the league and scoring like points. I don't know about the efficiency and the and the clips and all that, the efficiency, but points per game, they were pushing that thing oh, yeah. up and down the floor. And Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley, I mean, those kids, and I say kids, they're in their 30s, but let's put up those players. <laughs> <laughs> Those players <laughs> are are tough. And then if you, I mean, throwing uh, Candace Parker into that mix, I mean, we were just talking about Cheyenne Parker going from there to Atlanta. And then now you have Candace Parker right there in Chicago and Lexi Brown landed in Chicago as well. And I think that's a great pickup for them after she was released from Minnesota. I think so too. Um, I, I think I have her making the team. Um, it's tough to, I mean, the, look, this is not a roster. I think one of the overarching themes that I've been thinking about and I want to figure out is like, how do coaches, um, balance having new players, um, yep. and, and integrating them into a system and having like actual practice and putting in your sets while also trying to figure out who's going to make your, your 11th and 12th roster spots and, and make sure those players get to get work. So then that, you know, we can bring this player back later if we need to, because that's really important in this league because you'll probably have to do that at some point. Um, yes. Yeah, I no think that's time. a challenge. That's a challenge with Candace Parker in Chicago. By the way, me and Candace have the same birthday. Great birthday in basketball history, April 19th. Oh, see? I needed to blow that out. Game C, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, my birthday. Like now I'm too old to like, you know, no, have a big never. birthday. You always have to have a big birthday. Well, happy belated. Oh, yeah. darn it. I'm I'm old. Uh, that's same how old as I am. Candace. Oh, my gosh. Well, that is a great birthday. See? April, April 19th. We're the last day, if you're into this sort of thing, we're the last day of the Aries calendar. Oh, I like yeah. it. The Aries. Um, I like it. But, yeah, so it's me. It's actually me, Candace, and Kate Hudson. The big, uh-huh. the big three, if you will. Um, back to back to basketball. We, we could, <laughs> my birthday aside. Uh, I like Lexi Brown. I have her making the team, but there's yeah. a there's a last roster spot here that comes down to Astu Door and Natasha Mack. Assuming the team that we that Gabby Williams is gonna play this right. season, uh, it seems like there's some chatter as to. You know whether she's going to stay for the whole year because she has her um, her responsibilities to the French national team, the Olympics, with, yeah, with the EuroBasket, um, and so they were looking rumored rumored to have been looking to trade her at the draft, um, and then there's just been you know some chatter as to as as Richard details in his article, uh, the what's going to happen with her. Cause if she's right. going to not be here, they can't really temporarily suspend her. It's to make sense of a team. So she just may not be on the team. If she's not on this team becomes a whole lot easier to fit in Mac and door and Brown and have what I would consider one of the most complete teams in the league with a lot of depth. Um, right. But in this situation, let's say that doesn't happen. It comes down to ask to door and Natasha Mack. I don't know how the decision would go. <laughs> Man, that's tough. And it's, I mean, like we said, I mean, these decisions are going to be so rough and it, there's always going to be, you know, maybe some, I don't know, some, some 2020 vision on that. Like, well, hindsight is 2020, right? Like, oh, did we make the right choice? And you just have to go with it. I mean, there's not a lot of time. 
you mm. get the two exhibition games, you get about, I don't know, 12 days of camp altogether. You give them days off. It's, it's really like 14. We probably have some days off, but man, I, I like, I like, I like door. I like door. I mean, no, I, I like S2 do. Oh, S2 do. S2 do. Yeah. When she first came in the league, we were saying her name a different way, but then uh, she corrected it on Twitter and said, it's, it's S2 do. Yeah. So her, I think, yeah, I think she, um, you know, with her experience, I mean, that's the piece that, you know, you can't teach, right. You can teach all the other philosophy things, but that experience piece, man, that, that comes organically. And she has that. Well, I also see her as Azra Stevens insurance um, because Azra is a great player, but she has had her injury problems. Right. Her, her, her uh, for all her career so far, it's been this will be what year three or year four for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's had injury problems in in all of them. So yeah. I think having some play a player like Dor who uh, to do excuse me, um, who uh, can do some of the things that Azra does mm-hmm. would be huge for them. The thing is, I really like Natasha Max skill set, and I think you know this team needs young talent going forward. So far. Right. Your young talent is Diamond the Shields, who's a great young player. Stevens, who's a great young player. Both have injury problems. And they're both coming up on – well, I think Stevens has already signed her extension. So, the uh, Shields is coming up on a contract extension. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have Hebert and Shia Heal. I'd love to add Natasha Mack, right? Now I got five players that I really like. Or six players. How many on the list? Yeah, five players that I like going forward in my future. For a very veteran team, so it's going to be interesting. But you're trying to win a championship. But I think you got to go with um, do because if she's healthy, she's ready to go. That that's the player who's going to get you closer to a championship, right? Right. Uh, and I think you know I love Natasha Mack's game. I mean, she is tough. That's why they drafted her. So mm-hmm. um, I like heel too. And it, and it's just hard. It's just it's it makes me frustrated <laughs> because it's like I I know that they are so deserving of this opportunity. And I know it's, it's, it's soul crushing when it doesn't happen for you because, you know, you just set yourself up that way mentally that you're going to do what it takes to make the roster. But sometimes, you know, your best is not what's going to get it done when the numbers are what Mm -hmm. they are. And in Chicago, and I, I mean, that's going to be tough to crack the code there with, with the players that you mentioned and, you know, diamond shields talking about her health and, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch that shake out and, and what that team looks like when all is said and done and the final roster is submitted. Yep. And it's in this year, the tough part is we talked about a few teams, pretty much every single team has a, has a roster spot that people are battling out for. Um, you know, we're pretty sure on a couple teams, like perhaps Seattle is more, a little bit more wrapped up than we think, mm-hmm. but you know, you never know. You never know what's going to happen in a training camp for those for that 12th spot and then the kind of the thing that i don't like to talk about in training camp is like usually that 12th spot doesn't matter all that much if you're a team that's winning the championship you're hoping that it doesn't matter because then you're right. if your 12th spot is mattering it means you had injuries um, yeah, right right so you want but i think you know this year um there are going to be a bunch of players in the league uh who i think are going to be in and in and out you know, just because in, you get injured, yeah. you're out, you come back in. Uh, sort of like it was last year, although there's no bubble. 
Um, right. I think there I will be in a similar situation. I agree with that for sure. Oh, but yeah, training camp's going on. I wish we could be there. I know. I think, you know, with missing it last year, understandably, now yeah. I think with my first time missing it in all of the years of the league, which is the 25th year this year, you know, but just going down there and, and just, you know, watching Mike Tebow, you know, because obviously, like we said, we're in the DMB, but watching Mike Tebow put the team through all the drills. And this year they don't have the practice players, which is another um, situation in terms of resting players and mm-hmm. having them at their best when they need to be at their best. I think that's, that's totally different, but obviously they're not going to have any live look-ins or anything, which I was hoping they would have. Yeah, I know. And it's so hard not to, you know, just get your eyes on these players in particular. I mean, they're only right now four players in, in the mystics camp, sorry for circling back to them, but only four players in this mystics camp who won the championship back mm-hmm. in 2019. So you know, for us in this area, you know, I would like to see what these new pieces look like in particular, um, um, Tina Charles in there, you know, and what she looks like playing alongside Elena Deladon where they played together as Olympians in 2016. But, you know, I want to see what they look like in the Mystics uniforms too. I do too. I do too. Yeah. I want to see everyone with the chip on their shoulder. Everyone has a chip on their shoulder right now. No one's <laughs> yeah. talking about us. Oh, yeah. oh I've, the only thing I want to talk about that we didn't talk about as nobody said, talking about what nobody's talking about. Um, <laughs> so Jackie Jamelis makes the jump from uh, playing to coaching, playing with the Mystics last year, coaching the Liberty this year. Uh, Latoya Sanders making a jump from playing to coaching. Um, this is unrelated, but Asia Jones moving to the Portland Trailblazers to become the head of basketball strategy, which as I understand it is not necessarily like about basketball, but she, she's <laughs> doing like the, the front office stuff is what I understand. About. Right. Um, that was not that that's near here or there. Cause she's been a coach and it's not, um, she's not, I'm not yeah. a channel. We should cut, we should catch up with Asia at some point, but yeah. for Jackie and Latoya, mm-hmm. what's the jump from being a player and being a coach, like what's like the one thing that um, was tough to adjust because you've made this jump from being a player to a coach, obviously a little different, but whatever. Right. No, it's still hard. I don't care what, what if it's going from playing in college to coaching um, the littles, like it's mm-hmm. hard not to want to play number one. And I don't know if that's just me speaking from my own personal perspective, but that's the hardest thing like wanting to actually play and wanting to actually go out there and, and show, and not, and not like, I'm not saying like show yourself, but like show um, a specific skill that you're trying to describe because a lot of it, it, it's so hard to put into words sometimes Mm -hmm. for me. So it's like, for me, I'm like, listen, put your right foot right here. And then, then you can go or, you Mm -hmm. know, set the screen. No, this move out the way right here. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, I think for me, it's like I I was a learner by seeing things. I was a visual learner. I wanted to see, like if my coach came out and said, no, not like that, like all the way over, get your shoulder right here, boom, boom, boom. I would love that as a learner. So I think as a coach, I, I think I present myself that way because I was that kind of learner. And if I was like that, maybe some other kids are like that too. So for me, the biggest thing would be, you know, you're not, you're not, finished thinking the game. Okay. While you're not running and jumping and doing all the the physical things, your mind is still right there. 
you're you are thinking uh, as a chess player on on the court as a coach mm-hmm. like you're making like uh, quick adjustments like oh they're throwing things at you oh they switched we didn't think they would bring this defense like your mind is always on a hop and i think that's what's similar as a player um, you have to be ready to make adjustments on the fly. And you're not going to have a timeout sometimes to make those adjustments. Things are happening quickly. So I think as a coach, to be able to recognize that things are changing quickly and, and to be able to have the flexibility mentally to make those in-game changes and to trust your team to be able to execute them, I think that's the biggest challenge uh, of being, um, you know, from moving from a player to a coach. It's like, your mind is always going to be like it was as a player in terms of how fast the game moves. Mm-hmm. But as a coach, it's your job to get the players now to execute at that clip, right? And to think that quickly on the floor. And it's not a race A to A to B, like the baseline to baseline. No, it's 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 a race mentally, like who can recognize and identify what's happening and then make the necessary change that benefits the team. That's the biggest difference. And, you know, it's frustrating in that way because you want to sometimes put it into words, but sometimes it's just not about words. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just that oh, you got to just oh, bear down. You just have to <laughs> like give everything, you know, um, and sometimes it's just all internal. Um, but when it comes to effort, but the other things like the thinking of the game, the, the quick adjustments that are necessary, all that remains the same. And I think, you know, Latoya Sanders is a perfect fit in D.C. in that regard. Jackie Jamelos, I mean, wow, her story is just complete, yeah. right? I mean, this has been a dream of hers to be in the league. I mean, she played with the Mystics last year um, for most of the season. And, you know, when she stepped down to retire, I was quite surprised. Um, she did have all those injuries in college and high school and everything like that and made her way to the league, which was a such an accomplishment and such an inspirational story. But now that she's sticking in the league and will be assistant up there in New York, I think that's just a beautiful story for her. So I'm super excited for both of them. And I know, um, I think somebody asked, who did they ask on the Mystics Media Day? They asked about LaToya as a coach. Was it Tina Charles? Somebody asked that too. And she said uh, she's the same. Yeah, they yeah, said she, yeah, no, Tina said, yeah, I forget who asked the question, but Tina did say LaToya is like the same person, which if you hung out with LaToya ever, you could have told, she's the most like, she, I, I, she's the most like, non no nonsense person like you ask her about a play and it's a, it's a straightforward answer you know i remember asking her about one time like a pass that she made she's like i just saw it and i threw the pass i was like well could you g- give me something you know i gotta write something here latoya you gotta get <laughs> no but she um i i think she has a real they both interestingly and we got to spend a little bit of time with them um obviously more with latoya she they both have uh the good, a good energy, I think, to be coaches. Yes. Like yes. Latoya is very straightforward. She's going to tell you exactly how she feels, but she's not like, she's not going to scream at you or yell at you or right. let you bother her in any way. Exactly. Um, I think Jackie is, they call her the mayor because she knew yeah. everybody. <laughs> she knows everybody around. She yeah. seems to just be very um, open, gregarious, like someone who's going to like, hey, stop you and say, hey, you could do this a little bit better. Um, the interesting part of we didn't get to talk to Latoya, um, but we got to talk to Jackie in New York's media in New York's uh, media availability today. She was saying mm-hmm. that it's just a it's a really weird transition to having people call her coach. I bet that sure is hard. 
<laughs> was that was that a challenge for you to like understand like wait when they're talking to coach that's, that's me i'm coach like yeah like at first i think i didn't turn around because i'm like what oh yeah it's me <laughs> i'm coach <laughs> yeah, i'm like oh that's me yeah that's an adjustment you know especially when you just always just have manifested uh, a player mentality and you're a player you're a player period right mm-hmm. so yeah that was that was another adjustment to make i mean it's the same thing with mom you know like yeah <laughs> going, i'm like oh i'm the mom you know <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's an adjustment but definitely fun you know and it's a challenge and you know if you're competitive coaching is fun that way you know just to be able to you know take take the hits and figure out a way to come out on the winning end yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting how many more. Uh, I want to get I want to get like stats on this, like how many players are going into mm-hmm. basketball related things, non basketball related things. Maybe maybe this is a project I could get started on. Like how many players are going to non basketball things? What are they doing? What what are players doing in basketball? Whether it's yeah. broadcasting and coaching, like yourself, or huh. one or the other, or <laughs> are they going to like Asia, going to front office? type jobs I, yeah so it, it i think yeah. we're gonna see a proliferation of things um like i wonder what and i it's weird it's also interesting how i feel like it starts a lot more quickly for uh women's players than it does for men's players like there aren't a ton of players that go directly from playing into coaching in the nba whereas in WNBA, it's happening a little bit more directly from you know, the bench to the broadcast booth. It's it's happening sure. a little bit more in WNBA, I think. And that's that's good. Yeah, I love it. And I love that Asia Jones, her her responsibility there with the Portland Trailblazers will be in the front office it's on the business side. I mean, she's gonna be crunching numbers and I, I love that she's gonna have that opportunity. And I think with Mike Tebow saying, you know, we hate to see her leave, but we're super thrilled for the opportunity yeah. that she has. And I think, you know, as a parent, it's like, you know, you, you hate to see them go to college, but you, yeah. you're thrilled for the opportunity that, that they're presented with. So you gotta, you gotta just trust that and, and go with it. So I just, I like that he said that about Asia and I think she's going to be fantastic. I think that's a great move for her. And you'd like to see that too. It's not just about, you know, broadcasting or coaching or, or, you know, doing other things with the NBA, but actually getting into that front office and learning uh, about what that takes as well to, you know, keep that salary cap for Damian Lillard, you know, in a good spot. too. <laughs> it's like, it's fun. It, That'll it's, be fun. It'll be interesting. Cause I'm usually out on um, most of Portland's dealings in the NBA. And now I'm like, Ooh, I know Asia and I really trust her. So I have to factor that into understanding their moves. And I'm usually wrong. Just for the record, we're at the end of this podcast. If you've made the song, you already know me well enough. Like I'm usually wrong as much as I like to study and research. No, no, I am. It's true. Spot on most times. You're spot on most times. (laughs) I, I get, I get like three big things are right a year. And then the rest is just kind of out there. (laughs) <laughs> um, but the, the three big things are what people remember. So that's, yeah, that's true too. That's I predicted, too. I predicted the title last year, I had the, both the teams in the championship. See all year. See? Look at me. And you see, you just said you were wrong all the time. And look at you. You had the team. I, I, I got a lot of other things wrong. That I'm not going to bring up that's now. Right. We <laughs> no talk about that. the wrong things. You got the right <laughs> things. We talk about the right things only. And this, uh, this, Oh, go ahead. No, no, it's uh that's all. I'm trying to think if we missed anything else from training camp. We're, we're just waiting to get more uh, media days. 
um, I think teams were waiting because no one was in, like they were missing a lot of people from camp. So agreed. Yeah. And it's so hard, you know, and you don't have all those pieces in there and you want people to be matched up against each other so you can decide mm-hmm. on, on who you're going to keep and all that. So, you know, a, a daunting uh, position for all the GMs and head coaches. And uh, we are just here for it all because the WNBA season is right around the corner, about to turn the calendar to May, Gabe. And that's that's great news for us because it all tips off on May 14th for the WNBA in the 25th season of the league. So we will be right there courtside as always throughout the season leading up to the season we are just here for you and here for all of it and until next time gabe where can they find you on social media my friend uh at gabe ibrahim on twitter i've taken a short break from tiktok but um (laughs) you can find i'm i will be doing more stuff on uh the her hoop stats twitter account instagram um and you know you can always follow my twitter account at gabe ibrahim it's the best way to follow me um i don't think oh i'm on pinterest now I don't post anything. It's just that's something I'm doing now. Oh, the, yeah. the kids still use it. I don't know. I'm very. I don't know. I have to ask my my uh, teenagers. Yeah, we need Bree, we need Bree's teen perspective. Although she's not now, she's going to be old soon. Oh, I know the big one seven so far until September, and then eighteen. Lord have mercy. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but you know, you can find out uh, all things about hoops on my Twitter page, which is at Christy C H R I S T Y W Scott fifty one, and the same deal on Instagram. Christy W. Scott 51 and Instagram has more stuff about, you know, Brie and the kiddos, um, but Twitter is, is straight hoops. So yeah, uh, super exciting chat once again, this time, Gabe, and looking forward to meeting you courtside here real soon. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.